0: Today's episode is presented by Tudor University. How are college coaches learning advanced recruiting techniques from the comfort of their home? Go to dan.tutor.com and click on Tudor University for all the details. And now, it's time for the show. That's right. It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, a guy who once rode around in a limo with heavyweight boxing champ George Foreman for a day and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey coach, happy new year. Hope 2021 is off to a good start in recruiting for you. And just in case it isn't, well, that's what today's show is all about. We did a webinar recently that a lot of coaches responded to favorably, said it really helped them. And so I pulled the recording from that webinar and I wanted to let you in on it as well, just in case you didn't get the chance to be a part of it. I know a lot of you did, but a lot of you didn't also. And so I wanted to just make that available to get you in on the conversation because these are some really important data points that we shared. And I wanted you as a listener to the College Recruiting Weekly podcast to make sure you were in the loop. So the title of the webinar was What to Change for Your 2021 Recruiting Plan And we focused on six key areas that we see as important trend lines in how kids are making their decisions, going through the process, and what we see successful coaches doing differently than they were before COVID and all the challenges of 2020. And I wanted to share that with you. So I'm going to let you listen in. Uh, Obviously, there's a couple of points in time as you're going to listen where we were referencing something they were seeing on a PowerPoint slide. Apologies in advance for that, but I still think you're going to Uh, Grasp 99% of what we were talking about without seeing it And I think as you go through and listen to everything It's going to really make sense And it's going to make you think about the way You are approaching recruiting with this new class So create a mental checklist as you're listening to this Make sure you are addressing each of these six important topics Including two things that we want you to stop doing Which we'll mention uh, towards the end of the podcast just to make sure that you are hitting on all cylinders, like we said, and approaching recruiting the right way here in 2021. Here is the webinar. 2021 is going to be a pivotal year in recruiting at the college level. And I would see the class of 2021, the class of 2022, are going to be some of the most challenging classes that you'll have to recruit because of how they have sort of grown up in the recruiting process. Um, they did not get the chance to move forward in the way that maybe their older sibling, a teammate, a friend uh, has in the past where they went through the normal process. They got to come on unofficial visits. They got to come onto campus, spend the night, hang out with the team, uh, a lot of close contact. And you really began to, uh, as a, as an athlete going through that, what we'll classify as the normal process. You got a chance to really get a good feel for if that was the right program for you. One of the first things that came out of 2020 uh, was the changes in terms of how athletes were receiving information and how they were feeling about the information they were receiving. And it was radically different than what we were measuring and talking about before. So that to me, as we got into deeper into 2020, we saw some of these changes take effect and what some of the results were. We really wanted to focus on making sure that at the start of 2021, we identified certain things as early as possible, and then we got that information out to you sooner. Rather than being reactionary, we wanted to be uh, 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 making sure that we were giving you a plan ahead of time as best that we can. So that's what today is all about. This conversation that we're going to have is your 2021 recruiting plan and what we feel you would need to look at and consider as possibly changing. And this whole thing is uh, a little bit like expired milk. Uh, I have a 14-year-old son, and then when they get into that teenage years, you you know that um, they're a lot sometimes easier to read just by not listening to them necessarily, but their facial reactions. Uh, so if he has milk in the refrigerator that, uh, that he's been using, and uh, he's pouring a bowl of cereal or something, and uh and pours it into a glass pours it into a bowl brings the spoon up or brings the glass up to take a drink you can you can you know the milk is bad when you see that look on his face the crinkled nose the 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 head turns away and oh dad man this this is bad now it was fine the day before but it quickly changed nobody likes expired milk this is the same thing it's not that your plan was never good. It's not that something never used to work. It did, and maybe it worked well. But what a lot of coaches are coming to us and talking about is they're noticing changes in the way that through this process, through COVID, through 2020, going through that, and now heading into the new year, their prospects are acting a little bit differently. They are reacting differently to new information that comes in. And enough of those changes have taken place that it means the old way of doing it possibly is expired. Maybe it's not something that is uh, is going to be worth taking in uh, on their part as a prospect. So we want to find out the stuff that is going to um, to benefit them through the process and make it that so that you as a coach are going to be able to to put together a class even with the limitations that um, that you see in front of you and you know, we all know that there are plenty of limitations. So with that in mind, uh, this, this whole idea that everything is changing, I think is, is true. And it's not that everything changed all at once or overnight, but over the last six, seven, eight months, as we've been going through COVID, that's one thing that we all can recognize. We can all agree that the processes have changed. The way they take in information has changed. The way you have to do your job has changed. And, With all that change going on, does it make sense that the way recruiting happens and the process and the plan for that shouldn't change? I don't think so. So what I wanted to do was draw on some of the most recent information that we've accumulated on how the class of 2020 made their decision, how things changed for them and what we're forecasting and seeing already as trends for the class of 21 and 22, because those are the classes that matter right now. Those classes for you, uh, or, or make or break, and many of your careers are hanging on it, and we want to make sure that you get um, you get everything that you need and don't have to deal with the expired milk. We're going to go for the good stuff, and uh, that's what today is all about. So to get into the meat of this, um, when we say everything is changing, we've identified really six main things that we want to talk about today that I feel are the priorities based, again, on all the latest research and information that's coming through and in working with the clients that we work with, uh, some of you, by the way, are, that are listening to this and uh, here uh, on, uh, on this conversation, being a part of this conversation, uh, you count yourself as a client. And so you know we've made slight changes in the way that we approach messaging and the recommendations that we're making to you. For everybody else, I want to make sure that you get the, um, the, the direction that you need so that you can begin putting together a plan between you and your staff for how you approach that. So with everything changing, let's go through that list that we see. First and foremost, um, we see a big sort of trend of increased guessing in recruiting. Now, I think this applies both ways. For you as a coach, you're having to do a little more guessing as well. Your information isn't as good. Why is that? Well, because over the last you know last spring, this past summer, uh, maybe even into early fall of, of this Uh, Present school year, the 2020 2021 school year, you had to get information and make assessments on student athletes that you were recruiting based on way less information. You didn't get to see them in the spring. You didn't go get to scout them in the summer or watch their fall tournaments or whatever it was that was your normal way of going through this process. You didn't get to do that. And a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches, talked to us about the fact that they were very uncomfortable making a commitment to an athlete without knowing some of the things that they uh, that they had uh, that they had they, they, they had known before. And I get that. And our message to them was that you have to move forward uh, and be okay with with accumulating the best information that you can and doing a little bit of guessing, but understanding that most of your competition. Is also guessing, so in that way the the, the playing field has been leveled. Um, if everybody's guessing, then you're all playing from an equal footing, um, not the footing you want, but an increased uh, a, uh, an equal footing uh, with that increased guessing. But that's not even really the the main point that I want to make here. Yes, coaches, you have to guess more. I'm going to flip it over to the prospect, and that's really what this first point is all about. Everything is changing because they're number one is increased guessing on the part of the prospect. They're also limited with the information that they can use. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, in the same way that you didn't get to go see them when they were competing in the spring, the summer, and the fall uh, of, of 2020, they now uh, are, are in the same boat where they didn't get a chance to do their unofficial visits they didn't get a chance to have as much communication and insight uh, connection with you and your student athletes. There were a lot of things that changed uh, on their side of the ball that increased the likelihood that they were going to have to make their best guesses and move forward. Now, part of this, the the reaction to this or the, the result of all this guessing on their part was twofold. You had most of the, um, the, the the class of 2020, for example, um, not all, but most, speed up their process. Um, we heard a lot of athletes say, and we talked about this in previous webinars you may have attended uh, in 2020 or on podcasts that you're listening to, the College Recruiting Weekly podcast that we do. We talked about the fact that their solution to not having all this information available was to speed up the process. And we're going to talk about more about that part in a second. Um, But when they speed up the process, what are they doing? They're making information uh, come into them and having to assess it quickly without as much uh, detail that they normally would and that we all want. We all want to make good, smart decisions. And they had to then move forward with a decision. There was a little bit of, uh, again, as we've talked about before, there was a little bit of panic buying going on that... They were making a decision just to have a go to have a place to go and play and go to school um, That involved guesswork. Um, That is continuing into 2021. There is an increased amount of guessing. We're starting to hear from athletes and the coaches that we work with that are talking to the athletes, um, discuss conversations that they're having with student athletes and some of the things that are coming out, which we kind of predicted, but I think is interesting nonetheless, that. These athletes are saying, I was kind of putting off my decision. So there is a segment that has been trying to delay. Um, and, you know, of course, there's new prospects now that weren't in 2020, but were in 2021 that uh, are now faced with making a decision. And they're, and they're, what they're saying is, I was hoping that I could go back to campus. I could spend the night. I could do all the normal things that I was hoping I uh, could do during the process. But now I can't. So I'm going to make a decision there is increased guessing and there's implications. If, if you're trying to make a sale, which all of this is, this is you trying to secure a sale to get them to buy into your program. If they're trying as a prospect to do that with less than normal information, then that's going to affect the way that they make the decision. I want to go into some details and what that means for you and sort of how that should be incorporated into your plan as a coach, as you're getting ready to recruit and finalize this 2021 class and get into the 2022 class. And really you could extend that even into 23 if you're in a sport that would be that far ahead. Uh, the other thing is that there is this limitation to having and, and ass- assessing the feeling of a place. Now, this is a pretty simple one to identify because uh, if we know, and you know, all the information we've put out over the years on, you um, how important it is for that prospect to have the right feeling about your school, the right? Feeling about the team, the connection to you as a coach, do you seem to want them? They're making these emotional assessments throughout the process. Well, when you take out the uh, the accessibility to the college, so many of them couldn't do the traditional, um, uh, uh, visit, you know, for the unofficial visit that they were doing before some of them, uh, even on official visits have limitations of what they can do. You can't spend the night, in the dorms anymore on most campuses you can't have that close casual contact with uh with athletes so there's a limitation then on creating the feeling that we we on your behalf want you to be able to create because it's so impactful in making the final decision but if there's a limitation that means you need to make changes and i want to get into that um, as we get into this uh this webinar here over the next 15-20 uh, minutes so um, that that's, that's a huge aspect, though, of how this situation has changed and how the feelings have changed, that um, there is this limitation and you need to, uh, to uh, account for it. And we'll tell you how we see that being done the best way. Overall, we mentioned this uh, with the increased guessing. Overall, there are faster decisions being made. So this whole process has sped up for the prospects that you're recruiting. Uh, overall, and there, there's always some, there's always a segment that are going to buck that trend. Nothing is universal in recruiting. So there are a segment that are going to delay it. They're paralyzed. They, I can't get on the campus. I can't uh, assess that feeling or get that feeling. So I'm just going to wait. I have to wait because I just can't make the decision. The vast majority of what we're finding is that faster decisions are happening. They're far more ready earlier on than they were before to make a decision. Uh, that means something important for you. That that affects your timeline. That affects how and when you would ask them for a commitment. There's all sorts of implications when things speed up. And what we find is that coaches, because you you don't like guessing, um, you're a little scared that you haven't created the feeling. And now you have somebody like me saying, saying all that means that you have to speed things up. It's counterintuitive. Because wouldn't I want to slow things down if I needed to wait for more information? Ideally, I'm with you. The reality of the situation, though, coach, is that these decisions being made faster are happening and you're not able to delay them because this is the prospect making these decisions. So if overall faster decisions are being made, I want to make sure that you are accounting for that timeline and adjusting yours so that you can be at the front of that line. You're the first coach that comes in and is opening the door for them to make that decision to come to your program faster. Um, and we're going to explain a little bit how to do that and why that should be a part of your plan. But that's one of the other big trends that we saw right from the start uh, of, of there being overall faster decisions. And uh, we, we just want to make sure that you're handling that the right way. Um, also, there is more there are more practical decisions being made. What do I mean by practical? I mean that, for instance, with... Uh, Family changes in the way you know, maybe jobs have changed, finances have changed. The idea of going away to school, um, potentially for some athletes, we see changing. Um, they are they are tending to make more practical decisions, or at least in their mind, justifying why their decision is a practical one. So with all this uncertainty, uh, job climate changing, all the upheaval that has happened over the last uh, six, eight, nine months, what we find is that. They're trying to make the smart decision in their mind. We're labeling it as a practical decision. So for instance, if you're the the coach that is on the East Coast and you're trying to recruit a kid from 1,500 miles away somewhere in the Midwest, the practical decision for them is to stay close to home. Maybe it's going to be less expensive. I can be close to my home in case uh, there's an emergency or something happens or I have to leave school, or I just want to have that that feeling of comfort, since I can't get the other feelings on campus that we've just been talking about. And what we see is a slight increase in more practical decisions. That's going to impact the way that you have to tell your story as a recruiter. And we want to get into what some of those changes might be and give you some ideas on how to do that. Um, point number five, there's six, and here's point number five. Uh, there's an increased fear on their part of making a mistake. Now, this is sort of the practical, uh, the practical result of the you know of the first four uh, before this so if i'm guessing more it's going to increase my chances or that risk of making a mistake right if i if i don't get the feeling that i want i might be making a mistake right if i have to make a fast decision and i think i do because that's what i see everybody else doing and i don't want to get uh, i don't want to miss out maybe i'm going to make a mistake all those things are, are this is again the, the the logical result of all this um If they're coming into this process and having a conversation with you coach, and they are more scared, they have that feeling of not being, um, uh, not being able to connect with you and go through the process calmly, coolly. um, Of course, they're going to have a fear of making a mistake. There are things you need to do and should be doing. uh, Even if everything else in your recruiting plan is, is, um, is fine. It's going good. This one point I really want you to pay uh, close attention to when we get to it because I think it is one of the game changers that we, what we see coaches doing it right, um, good things are happening for them. When we see coaches not accounting for this, um, it's causing delays and confusion and um, uh, and just not good results. So we we want the good results, not the uh, the bad results. And if you don't account for this increased fear of a mistake in the mind of that recruit, um, you run the risk of, of uh, not getting them and, and possibly losing somebody that would have been really good for your program. And the final point is, and again, this is sort of a, you might look at all the rest and look at number six and say, well, that's practical. That that's, uh, makes sense. They're looking for guidance. Now, I think they always were. Um, the way I would define pre-COVID recruiting over the last decade is that they were looking to be, um, they were looking to be enticed or convinced, or you know, you proven proving to them that you just wanted them more. That was a big part of their decision making. I think what has turned slightly, just based on what we were seeing uh, with the class of 2020, especially, is that they were really gravitating to coach who could guide them through this confusing process that they had never gone through before. And if you think about it, even us as adults weren't we looking for guidance, either from political leaders, or um, or financial advisors, or a doctor, or you know, we tended to look on the outside more over these last several months for guidance of how to handle this situation. Well, the same thing is true, coach, for your prospect. And I want to teach you or show you a couple of very practical, quick things that you can incorporate into your plan that will um, that will account for this so let's let's get started one by one and again uh in case you jumped in late and you didn't hear at the beginning um i want to make sure we're giving time for q a afterwards so um if you have a question just use the chat or the q a feature here on the webinar and we'll do this at the end we'll answer all the questions Uh, but i want to get into some of the recommendations that we're going to make for a strategy that you can put together for 2021 Uh, So let's just go through these and and assume that they're true and do a little if-then comparison uh, of of making a recommendation. So going back to point number one, if there is increased guessing on their part, it means that they aren't getting enough consistent information from you that explains why they should choose you. The two key words in what I just said, um, consistent information, and the why behind why they should choose you. Consistent means throughout the process, start to finish, and the finish might be, by the way, the first day of classes on your Division three campus if you're a D3 coach, because they can always change their mind, or the you know certainly um, going through, uh, if you're a D1, a D2, until they sign their letter of intent, you need to be recruiting them and taking away the guessing, explaining to them why, this goes back to the why, why they're making a good choice by coming to you. We've said in the past, most kids identify with this and say, even before COVID, they were telling us most coaches are, I know that they want me and they do a great job of communicating that they want me here and they're excited and all that. Almost nobody goes through and explains why I should pick them. And coach that is so intuitive and so insightful on their part. And it wasn't just one athlete. We've heard that from, we've heard it from a bunch that when they don't get consistent information and are consistently told, here's why you are the better choice. Here's why I should go to your school and play for you, coach, and compete for you. I then have to leave it up to my own um, you know, my own thoughts and my own uh, assessment. And I don't know how to do it as a prospect, so that means I'm going to guess. I'm going to just make my best guess, and I hope it turns out okay, which makes me nervous. But I'm going to do it because that's the only way that I know how. So we don't want that. And again, if there's increased guessing, it means that they aren't getting enough good, consistent information from you that explains why they should choose you. So you have to commit coach. We've always thought it's important. We've always known it is because the research says it is the feedback we get from student athletes uh, tells us this Um, consistent information means you telling a story, you giving them reasons, talking about your program, your school, yourself as a coach, giving them reasons why it is that they need to uh, understand why you are the smart choice. And I need that prospects tell us every six to nine days, that hasn't changed. Even through all this COVID, they still like the consistency. That's the right feel, the right amount. And many of you, if you've you've been on these webinars before, or um, again, you listen to the podcast, you read Honey Badger Recruiting, you go to the Dan Tudor uh, blog site, all of these resources talk about all the findings, all the, the research that we've done on consistency and how it's how it plays a part in the final decision. If you aren't giving them that, you're then leaving it open to guesswork. And I know it's a lot of work on your part to be consistent and it's sometimes tough creatively to figure out what to talk about. You have to talk about every aspect of the school, the program, you as the coach, and why they should choose you. And you have to do that consistently Because the bottom line is, if you don't do it, you're leaving it up to them guessing. And hey, once in a while, it works out in your favor. They'll guess and come to your school. Uh, Many other times, it seems like, in fact, that uh, when the athlete really matters, whether the next level kid that you really need to make an improvement in your program, those are the ones that guess, let's just say incorrectly from your perspective and choose somebody else. There is a way to control that coach. And that, that part is proven. We've seen the results of consistent communication. It's almost impossible for them to ignore. And we want to make sure that you're doing that. So um, again, I'll make the statement one more time. If there is increased guessing and the stats and the data say that there is, what it means is that they're not getting enough good, consistent information from you that explains why they should choose you. Make the assessment. As, I, as you hear me say that, are you giving them good, consistent information that goes through and offers them points why they should choose you? And if, it, if the answer is no, make sure that goes into your strategy for 2021. That's the reason I listed it first. It's the most important because we don't want to have them uh, throwing a dart and hoping it hits sh- uh, your circle. Uh, we want to take the guesswork out of this. And the best way to do that is through that good, consistent information. Point number two, or, or the the next uh, uh, theory that we'll throw out here, that, that if there is a limitation in the feelings that they're able to acquire just through the normal process about you and your program, if there is a limitation, what it means is that you need to find ways to either explain number one why logic should matter more. So that's a big picture thing. Don't trust your feelings; trust the logic, and I'm going to be the coach that gives you that logic. That's the first way to approach it, or replace those feelings as best you can in the process. Now, a lot of coaches have done that. They have replaced the feelings as best as possible. <clears throat> Some examples, you used to be able to have a, a live player panel maybe when they were on their visit, have them sit down at a, you know, for lunch and talk to a couple of your, your athletes to give them a sense of what it was like at the, at the school and, and you know get that connection uh, and create that feeling that, hey, I think this team likes me. I'm starting to like them. I might want to go here. Um, that now is being done by many of you on Zoom or you'll, you'll set up player panels. Um, you'll do live visits via your phone on uh, uh, FaceTime or just on, uh, on a Zoom call or a Skype call. So many of you have already started to re- try to replace or equalize those feelings in the process. And that's great. I keep doing that. Uh, you're doing the right thing. I think it's going to be tougher to say here's why logic matters more, so ignore your feelings. But I do think uh, that you can incorporate more logic into it that would create the feeling of uh, of that security. So, what are the law? When I say that, what logic? uh, Why logic should matter more? um, uh, This is where it's tough for me to answer the question specifically to your university, because for some of you it might be that. Um, you're the best value for the education. You're going to be less than some of the other schools that they're looking for. And in that case, I'd want you to make that case that um, that that you're going to save money and that's going to be the thing that you want to do. But let's flip it. Let's say that you are the school that's more expensive usually than your competitors. Logically, how would you make the case to me and just put me in the role of a, of a parent because I've got one kid out of college, one daughter that's in going into her junior year and the finishing her junior year and a 14 year old. So I'm, I'm very much in the, the college mode as a parent. How would you convince me as a parent that I should pay three or four or $7,000 more per year so that one of my kids would, could go and compete at your school? What would be the things that would matter? Well, look, if you're talking about me as a parent, Uh, You might talk about the end outcome. You might talk about logically this is the place because of, you know, 98% of our kids, um, we make sure they're in their field of um, uh, working in their field that they graduated from, and 98% do, uh, you know, within six months of graduation. Um, You could say logically, you know, to the athlete, um, this is the best place, uh, even though we don't have the best record or we're in a smaller conference, but this is the best place because you're going to get to play sooner make the logical case so that that feeling that you're going to create is balanced with uh, the the thought on their part that this is a smart choice, not just where I want to go, but this is where I should go because there are logical um, aspects to my decision. So again, I'll I'll say again, if there is a limitation in feelings, it means you need to find ways to either explain why logic should matter more or, try to replace those feelings in the process. Are you doing either of those? Because I will say this to ignore both of them is going to result in no feeling being created, no justification for why they should trust you or make a decision. And that's going to stop the recruiting process. As you get into 2021 um, these, th- this lack of uh, getting a good feel for a place is a major hurdle For a lot of programs, and it will be throughout 2021. So please make sure you address this in a recruiting plan that you put together. Uh, In the story, in the recruiting messaging that you send, there should be aspects of this where you are trying to be the person and should be the person, as the trusted expert, the coach, the one with the experience at your school, uh, that you should be looking to draw them in and explain why you are the best choice. Coaches that do that are already finding success. I want to make sure that if you're listening to this, being a part of this webinar, that you are doing the same thing. All right, the next one. If decisions are coming faster, which is one of the other points that we made earlier, the observations from the data as we get into the, uh, the class of, uh, of 2021 and 22, if their decisions are coming faster, it means that you need to create a timeline that matches that trend And also possibly adjust your approach to account for less time in the process. So let's talk about this. Um, You know we are big on on setting a timeline expectation for the recruit and even deadlines, although we're not going to talk about deadlines today. But that timeline, here's when we're starting and we're going to be wrapping up recruiting around X time of year, um, six months, 12 months, 18 months into the future. Communicating that. That's about setting that timeline And if you need more information on that, there's a lot on all the resources I mentioned earlier. Um, But to create that timeline, make sure that that timeline now accounts for what you as a coach are observing in your conference at your division level within um, your region of the country, when you see those decisions coming, even if it means a decision made for your competitor. So we had a coach that we work with a couple of weeks ago, talk, I was talking to them um, and they were, talking about the fact that one of the switches they had to make was they had to go about two months earlier with their timeline when they were going to wrap up not because they wanted to not because it was going to make the process easy but because they lost two kids last year to a program that did get out in front of them and uh, got those commitments first before before they did well they didn't want that to happen this year so they had to adjust their timeline which means compacted what they needed to do in a shorter amount of time but already it's working well so, again, you have to make this assessment that if you see things happening faster in the marketplace, the, the, the action on your part isn't, well, I can't do anything about it. I just hope we, uh, we figure it out or I hope they choose us or I hope they wait. No, it's going to be you have to make that adjustment, just like in a game. Uh, many of you coach and you have to make in-game adjustments based on personnel that you're seeing or an injury or a game situation. Um, you know, If you're a basketball coach, if you're up by 10 with three minutes left, you're going to play completely differently than if you're down by 10 with three minutes left. So the same thing happens here is that if you see decisions coming faster, if you're noticing that, or you're seeing competitors um, kind of get the edge on you there, um, it means that you need to adjust your timeline to match that trend. Um, and also in your approach, account for less time. So uh, if you have normally things that you can stretch out over a 12 month process, for example, but now that process goes to nine months, what's the plan for that? Have you assessed the fact that, that that's going to be an adjustment and wh- how do you what are you taking out or how are you accelerating that to account for 25% less time in the process? Smart coaches are doing that. Uh, if you haven't yet done that to account for these, the, the, the fact that these uh, decisions many times, coming faster please do that now at the start of 2021 because um to not do it you're you're hurting yourself uh we know that it's not something that you can just ignore has to be something that you control and uh and assess and that's what that's what we want Uh, that's what you should want as well Uh, if decisions are being made more practical then uh, so all the examples that I gave you that you know, this other school is closer to home, maybe this other school is less expensive, this other school is is this or that. If decisions are more practical in their mind, they're being made that way, it means that a significant part of your recruiting story should revolve around the logical reasons that you are the smarter choice Simple and straightforward. fact, I had to edit this slide a couple of times because I, I was getting too wordy, I needed to go straight to the point that when you're recruiting in your story, if you aren't including reasons why you're better and you are the smarter choice than their other options, you're making a, a colossal mistake. Um, I don't want you to negative recruit against another program. That's not what this is about. This is about you explaining compared to most schools that you're going to hear from or you're going to be tempted to look at, Here's why you should choose us. That's different than here's what we have here and listing a bunch of stuff. Or here's what our kids like. Um, that's not it. I need you to explain to them logically why is this the better choice. That could be on outcomes. That could be based on the living experience on campus. That could be with the type of offense you run based on their position and what they've done in high school or in club you can insert a lot of different logical choices they don't have to be big picture things they can be very small things but you have to explain to them why you're better if if the trend is and we're making this case that the trend we're seeing with a lot of recruits is that they're they're more practical they're making more practical less um, risky decisions and um and and that's sort of what um the, the, the the process that they're going through um When you're talking to them, we mentioned the consistency and everything already. Well, in that consistency, you should make a lot of your story revolve around the logical reasons that you're the smarter choice. Because that's the only way that we can beat practicality, to be blunt with you, is when we convince them that it's smarter to take this risk, to go a little further away from home, to pay $3,000 more, whatever we're trying to convince them of. It takes you explaining the story. Now, you might say to that, well, Dan, I don't want to force them to come here. I don't want to, um, you know, pressure them to accept the way that I think of it. My response to that is, coach, that is part of your job is to passionately, and I don't want you to pressure, but I want you to passionately talk about the fact you belong here and here's why, and this is a great place. This is why I coach here. Um, Many of you at various division levels would say, I don't really believe that about my my, my school, if they could get the full ride or the better offer over at that other school, one of our competitors, I think they should take it. Coach, that's not your responsibility. And this is where I want to talk very serious to you. As an employee of the school in the athletic department, you're wearing that logo. Your job is to represent that logo. Now, long-term, if it's your goal to leave the school because you don't believe that it's the best and it's the most logical, then that's fine. But right now, your job... Is to represent the school and to have kids buy into why they should go there. Uh, at the end of the day, you can't force them to come to your school and play for your program, but it's something that you that they're looking for when it comes to uh, to being led. And we're going to get to that here in a second. That aspect of of some of the change that we that we've seen uh, take place. They're looking for somebody to tell them what's the reason I should go here? Not what do you have here, but give me a reason. Why are you better? This, what we've been talking about is the thing to use if we're battling practicality and making the case that, um, you know, it's, not an emotional decision, uh, which it still largely is, but if they're inserting more practicality to it, we need to explain why you are the practical choice, even if on paper or on the face of it, you don't seem like the practical choice. Uh, Two more to to talk about. If they fear making a mistake, which we know they do, and they they did before COVID, now they certainly do with COVID. If they fear making a mistake, it means that you need to prove to them over time that you are the coach that can be trusted the most. How do you establish trust? Um, We know from one very practical way to do that, to establish trust, is to talk about something that might be a negative that, uh, that could in some cases be the reason that they decide to cross you off the list so for example one of the things that we know works well is when you bring up something that again could be a negative so let's say it's a locker room that hasn't been refurbished in the last 15 years or that you have to share it with another team or maybe your field turf is uh, is older or there's some other thing that uh visually would give them a um you know, some, you know, a reason to pause. And uh, I don't know if that's, I might be making a mistake if I chose to play there. Um, If you bring that up and explain to them in the process that you want to tell them, like, you know, you don't have the newest locker room in the conference and that maybe, you know, hey, you are more expensive or whatever the potential negative is. You as the coach at that school with the negative should be the one to bring it out and talk about it. The worst thing that coaches do is when they hold back and they don't talk about something that potentially is a negative. And when that's happening, that gives that opens the door for your competitor to do the very same thing that you should have done, which is talk about your old locker room, talk about the fact that you're more expensive, talk about your most recent history. Um, That's the thing that we, we want to make sure doesn't happen because if you allow your competitor to define you, then you have the additional task of, of trying to change their mind or or make them agree that they made the wrong assessment first with your competitor. Now you should change your mind and believe me. And we, as a culture, do not very do very well with changing minds. Uh, we like to settle on something and not admit that we were wrong. And we need to um, uh, we, you need to account for that. By making sure that you're handling how you define the um, the the whatever it is you need to establish trust in. So, um, and when I say over time, that means not just once or twice at the start, but throughout the process, give them evidence that you can be trusted and that you are the person who is telling them the 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 truth. Because again, one of the limitations you have is. This time and distance, you are shortening the time. Sometimes they can't come to your school, so there's this distance problem that is created. This is one of the things that we can do very quickly and easily to establish trust is to open up and talk about something that's not perfect about your program, your school, your department, your facility, whatever it is, um, bring that up, talk about it, manage it. Because this is one of the things in the class of 2021, and we predict for 22 that they're going to be using to make a um, uh, to make a, a final decision. They're looking for those who they can trust. Uh, the last thing is that if they are looking for guidance, then um, which I think that they are. If they're looking for guidance, it means that they're not trusting their own instincts, and they need your help. Or they're going to be drawn to the coaches who do offer that. So this is an either or. Um, Everything we've talked about really revolves around you telling a story, giving guidance, and leading the process, right? Well, that's something that they're looking for because they, they don't really trust their own instincts at this point. And this is one of the big changes that we've seen in the way they make decisions because in past classes pre-COVID, boy, they trusted their own instincts to the point where it almost hurt them uh, or they're trusting their parents' instincts, and that usually hurt them. So one of the things that has happened now is that they're frozen. They're not recognizing the landscape and they're trying to assess things and they're looking for people to guide them. Tell me what to think, coach. Tell me why I should go there. When do I need to make a decision? Because I just don't know. If that's true, then offer them that help. Be the the, the guiding uh, light in that uh, because they aren't trusting their own instincts. And if, you, uh, if they're looking for guidance and you don't provide that, they're going to be drawn to the coaches who do provide that. Even if they are less of a program, it doesn't make sense. Um, They're going to be drawn because at the end of this, what we're all looking for in our leaders, in our doctors, in everybody uh, to get us through COVID, we're being drawn to the people who are, that we assess are being truthful about it uh, and, and going through the prospect uh, the, uh, the process, honestly, and just like we're going to sway our attention to those who we deem credible and, uh, and, and practical, then the same holds true with your student athletes. So if you aren't going to establish that guidance, they are probably going to find a coach or listen to a coach who will establish those guidance. And that's why you should do it. Before we end and before we get to a couple of questions that have come in, um, I want to talk about what you should stop doing. There are two things that with all this, we want you to stop or at least greatly reduce in the way in terms of emphasis on the recruiting process. Um, First and foremost, relying on admissions to communicate the essentials of what your school's all about you, your program. We saw this as a trend that developed before COVID took place before 2020 with um, now that it's uh, sort of in place, what we see happening is that um, student athletes are looking to coaches for every bit of information so they're really looking we're talking about that you know you as a trust figure they are trusting you to tell them everything that they need to know about the school because on the admission side largely um, the message hasn't changed the optics haven't changed the visual presentation hasn't changed very little has changed on the admission side as far as um, accounting for why they should go there during COVID um, I need you to be the person who really most of that information about the school um, graduation rates. Um, why it's a smart decision to go to the school, because what we're finding is that athlete attention to the admissions message has dropped greatly, not for regular students, regular students need admissions and student athletes do as well, just for the process. But in terms of taking in information, they're trusting or looking to admissions less and less. Somebody has to step in and replace that. That's you. So um, this is really i guess a stop but also a start if you're not doing it start making start communicating those essentials uh, maybe as a part of that overall story and message to your recruits because it's going to make a, a big difference and the second thing is i'm i want you to assume going through for the the class of 21 or if you're recruiting t- class of 2022 and and going to be asking them for commitments i want you to assume that uh, you're you are I want you to stop assuming that you're being told the truth. So I want you to assume that you're not being told the truth. When you hear that prospect say, coach, yeah, I think, I think you're the one I want. I still got a couple more schools to look at, but you're the one that I, that's number one on my list. I want you to go with the assumption that they're lying. Um, or at least they're, even if it's not an outright lie. They're telling you something that you just want to hear because they don't want to hurt you or make you mad. Um, we have heard more coaches than ever in 2020 getting burned with false promises uh, and uh, false information coming from recruits. And again, I'm not even, I'm not going to the point where I think recruits are intentionally doing that. I think they're doing it because either they don't know, and they just want to tell you something, or they don't want you to get mad at them. Um, But so they're not doing it. I'm saying to be intentionally uh, cruel or trying to trick you, but regardless of their intention uh i want you to stop assuming you're being told the the truth because if you do that you're always going to be on your toes you're always going to be looking for the next way to secure them uh, and convince them that you are the right choice that you are the better choice so stop doing those two things stop relying on admissions to communicate the essentials and the basics of campus and stop assuming that you're being told the truth Um, You put all that together, and that, I think, forms the basis of a recruiting plan. All right, Coach, just like we mentioned in the webinar, obviously, we can't address specific concerns that you and your program would have or specific things that are unique to your program. But look, I'm here to answer questions. We have a staff that would love to interact with you, answer questions for you about how you're approaching it, changes you want to make, how to do certain things that we mentioned in that webinar. So, Email me, dan at dantutor.com. Go to the website at dantutor.com and pull up the information. Look at the resources. Most of what we do is free for coaches. There are some uh, higher-level things that we'll do on a client basis or a workshop basis. Uh, where there is a small investment. But when it comes to answering these types of questions, we would love to get you started in the right direction and talk to you. There's no obligation cost or anything like that, just for some of you who are newer to all this and what we do and how we work with coaches. We just want to be a resource, however that works for you, Coach. So uh, go to those sources. Go to the free blog that we have. uh, Go look at Honey Badger Recruiting. Ah, uh, Tudor University. All those links that you can find on our main website at dan.tudor.com, and use those free resources and that those that those research articles that we posted, all the things that we have given you over the, the last fifteen years and more, to create a plan that works, that matches with the data you just heard about, uh, that you can put together and ensure that you not only are surviving during twenty twenty one and all the challenges that you have, but you're thriving during those times. We're here for you, Coach. We're so glad that you're listening and thank you for listening to this edition, this episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Have a great start to 2021. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tutor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.